together growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Matthew chapter 22 from verse 1 to verse 14. At that time, again, Jesus spoke to the chief priest and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a marriage feast for his son and sent his servant to call those who were invited to the marriage feast, but they will not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, Behold, I have made ready my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the marriage feast, but they made light of it and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was very angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the streets and invite to the marriage feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guest, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Once again, interesting reading. Jesus continues in this gospel of Matthew to speak in parables, but now he is addressing the chief priest and the elders. These are the people, a particular group of people in society. These are people well vested in scriptures. So they know what Jesus is talking about. And in other gospel accounts, they take offense at what Jesus says because they interpret it as if Jesus is addressing them. So the first thing I want to talk about, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a marriage feast to his son and he sent his servants to call those who were invited. Now, a brief history of what usually happened. The, the man or the, the, the head figure of the house, they will know in advance that they need to have a wedding. And they will send invitations way in advance to those who need to be there. And they will tell them that our son is getting married or our daughter is getting married. And as they send those, they will not give them the date necessarily, but closest to the date, 
they will send servants and tell them everything has been prepared. So they will have real, real feast. And I'm talking about feast that will last between seven days to about two to three weeks. Hence, it makes sense to us if you read uh, John chapter 2, the wedding of Cana, when they say they had no wine because it would have lasted quite a number of days. It also makes sense if you go and read the story of Samson, the one who goes into the feast and he kills the Philistines, but the wedding is there and they have the rhyme and he goes and he kills them. He gets the clothes and he gives it to the Philistine men. So the weddings took days, months to prepare, days to celebrate. But I like the concept of heaven like a wedding feast. Jesus is there. He is there as the head of the church. The church is a bride to Christ. You and I are the church. And so on our wedding day, Jesus Christ weds us, takes us to himself. I belong to him, he belongs to me. Jesus Christ is ours. We are his. He loves us. I like that image of heaven as a wedding. It is a, a, a day filled with laughter, with great memories, good company, great food. And so St. Paul argues that the sufferings of this world are nothing compared to the glory that awaits for us in heaven. All the tears will be wiped away. There will be no sickness. There will be no death. There will be no poverty. There will be no frustration. There will be no depression. Do we not long for that? Do our hearts not cry out for a world where there will be no need to cry. A world where the poor will be loved. A world where there is no danger, no threat. A world where there is plenty. Enough for me and for those around me. That's what Jesus talks about when he talks about heaven. But now, dear friends, make no mistake about this. Salvation in a Pauline theology has nothing much to do about the future life. It is about today. Hence, for St. Paul, when he talks about Jesus, the Savior of the world, he talks about God who changes our lives today. He talks about God who enters and intervenes in our lives today and who makes us well. It is a God who cares for our well-being. It is a God who loves us. It is a God who wants us to be better. And so when I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm talking about let your kingdom come on earth. Let your will be done on earth. Let us experience the abundance of your mercy, 
eradication of poverty here on earth where I can be at peace, where I can be loved and where I can look out for my brothers and sisters. That is a call of a Christian life. I'm called to care for the earth. I'm called to care for my brothers and sisters. I'm called to care for creation. I am a steward. I've been given dominion. I've been given authority to serve humanity, creation, and everything in it. That is what it means to be a Christian. And that's what Jesus talks about when he talks about the kingdom of God. Will we all respond positively? Maybe initially, yes. But not all the yeses will remain yes. Because I want to argue that those who had been invited prior had probably said yes. But along the way, they change their minds. They have excuses. They have other commitments. But it also happens to us. The things we had promised to do. I will do this for God. But have I always lived up to those promises? I mean, I'm just taking a typical example. At baptism. As a Godparent, I, I make a promise to God, I make a promise to the child, I make a promise to the parents that I will help you, dear parents, in raising this child as a Catholic Christian baby. Have I been involved in the spiritual upbringing of this child? Have I been part in the upbringing of this child? Have I taught this child how to pray? Have I taken this child into a relationship with God? Have I lived my promises to God? And so sometimes we said yes. But have we always followed with small yeses that reinforces our commitment? They refuse to go there. And the master says, the feast is ready. The oxen, the fattened calves have been killed. We are not going to put this into waste. So if they cannot come, go and find me anyone. And that's where I think I come in. I think I got in by God's grace. And most of us got in by God's grace. The Lord has given us this not because we're perfect. Not because he could not have found someone far more greater than us. There were more elegant young men and young women. There were more intelligent young men and young women. There were more greater people. More wise. More experienced than us. 
but God has trusted us. I mean, God could have chosen other parents, not us. Could have chosen another spouse for you, not me. But he gave me this. He gave me you. You were given me. He gave me these children. And so God has given us. Whether we deserve it or not, it has been given to us. Now, there is a beautiful, interesting story that happens. He gets into the house, into the wedding hall, and he finds someone not wearing a wedding garment. And I want to argue that I may have been given this and I don't deserve it. But have I owned it? Have I lived up to it? Have I wanted to make it work? Because sometimes, dear friends, you can give someone a million dollar work, employment. But if they're not willing to put the weight behind it, it will collapse. So I've been given an opportunity to prove myself. Am I working, owning this? Am I accepting this? And am I using this so that I can grow with it? May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. And may Almighty God bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Today do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. Today do we send up our signs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Tend then, O most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. May Almighty God bless and protect you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.